Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 241. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Kathleen Duffy. And Kathleen, today I want to talk about a friend you once described to me and a specific phrase that you used to describe him, that being that he made you excited to talk, which to me was such an interesting phrasing and one that, for someone who loves conversation, really stood out to me. And it got me really excited to someday discuss it further with you. And I was incredibly moved when I first heard this because your tone and word choice communicated something I felt was really nuanced. I would say that plenty of people can speak or chat with others, and plenty of us, conversely, are patient, eager, or willing enough to listen. But to instill in someone else an enthusiasm to come to the table and feel thoroughly welcomed in doing so, that to me feels really unique. When sharing this with you, I began to reflect more deeply not only upon this friend of mine, but also about other people in my life and what sets this person apart. And ultimately, what it comes down to is the space that a person makes for you. There are those people who talk so much that they're no longer really talking to you but at you. And in that instance, you start to realize that this person could be talking to anyone. It doesn't matter that it's you. Then there are those people who leave space for you to speak, which is great. But then there are people who make space for you and who are hospitable with their words and conversations where they ask you questions, sometimes unusual, intimate questions at that, and draw you into a shared space. They clearly want to learn about you. And that is such a wonderful feeling because when somebody asks you questions beyond the everyday, uninterested, how are you and where are you from, but what are you most proud of and what's your favorite childhood memory, you're given an incredible opportunity to share something you wouldn't normally. And that's amazing. There are so many thoughts we have, so many memories and experiences that we so deeply want to share in with others, but are never given the opportunity. And when somebody lets us know that it is not only appropriate or acceptable to share these parts of ourselves, but ask us to share these parts of ourselves, we become known in ways we weren't before. Because no one thought to know us in that way. To realize that somebody wanted to know me in that way, to know the parts of me that I have not shown to others, and also to challenge me to find new spaces within myself, is a wonderful place to be. I'm really moved by your phrasing that after a certain point of talking with someone or listening to someone at length, you begin to think that they could really be talking to anyone. And though you didn't extrapolate to this degree, I think a lot of us in that scenario begin to feel replaceable and not really essential. I no longer become Kip. I'm just a random person. And to an extent, depending on how much they need from me in the conversation, I might no longer appear as a person to them, but rather an object, a vessel for their feelings, a recipient to whatever thoughts they have. And not all conversations are going to be bi-directional, but I do think it's important to acknowledge what another person gives you in listening. It's one reason I think it's important to thank the audience at the end of an episode, because they gave their time. And with our episodes, I suspect, their attention. And that's not something to be disregarded because that comes across in my mind as disrespectful. And I was also reminded as you were talking about this idea of becoming anyone to this other person, of self-help advice I've heard circulated quite a bit that you should say another person's name a lot in conversation, especially in getting to know them. 
to build a rapport and sense of trust, but I've always felt that to be so superficial and really obvious when I've heard the advice given that the person is simply following what they've been told. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but in the way you're describing this freedom, if I may, that this friend of yours affords you, I feel like what's great in conversation is that it can go anywhere, and it should take, to an extent, the shape of its two participants. I would go so far as to say that conversations between different partners shouldn't look the same because those different pairings or groups are not the same. And what's beautiful to me about your very specific word choice of the space this friend makes for you is that you get to fill it, and that space is then characterized by you, and I suspect this friend, when you're talking with them. And that's really what great conversations are. But conversely, I witness and have been participant in more conversations like this than I'm proud to admit, where it doesn't feel like a space is being carved, but that two people, either reluctantly or by happenstance, are crawling through a very narrow tunnel, simply because they have to, and not because there's pleasure or exploration in that conversation. And to the audience, I know I'm speaking very idealistically, not every conversation can be life-changing or grandiose and artistic, but I do believe we often do ourselves the disservice of not really experimenting in conversation. And I suspect part of that is cultural, but it's one of the reasons that your comments, Kathleen, moved me so thoroughly when I first heard them. And now to really dig into the wording, this person made you excited to talk. And that's something I'd really love to hear more about because I know you to be a great communicator. And so I'm eager to hear what feelings and phenomena you would associate with being excited to talk. When I think about the word talk itself, it immediately sounds casual to me. We often say the phrase, oh, we were just talking, and use the verb in a very unimportant, easy way. What's amazing about this friend of mine is that talking about things that might be scary with others because of the level of intimacy and vulnerability involved with them, the fact that the subject matter is often something I haven't expressed to anybody before but can do so with a person whom I trust so much, whom I respect so much, and someone I know to have a great amount of love for me, as I do for him, makes sharing these new worlds inside of me easy, something that I don't need to fear. It makes sharing the most intimate parts of me that have never seen the light of day before casual, just talking, something I can truly look forward to. As I was listening to this, I had a really strong impulse to make a poster or something artistic that says, make sharing casual. And I might follow through on that, but I also offer it up to you, the listener. If there's any artwork you'd like to create that says, make sharing casual, please feel free to let us know. But that sentiment that it sounds like your friend really evokes in you is a beautiful one, because sharing should be, as one of the most profound aspects of being human, far more accessible to most of us. And I won't deny that it's different for different people, and that privilege describes how some people might feel comfortable sharing where others certainly won't, but what a sad world to live in, where one of the greatest things you can fear, as a result of socializing with others, is yourself, and the feelings and thoughts you have. And I won't claim that it's always easy or comfortable to share those things, but as someone who is friends with you and so many great people, what I cherish in those friendships is that I feel comfortable sharing, 
And it's such a beautiful feeling that makes me feel so decisively myself, whoever that is. And that's the starting point we all have, a great paradox and sharing, I suppose, that in giving yourself, it's really how you find out who you are. And often other people, especially kind ones, make brilliant lenses to see ourselves through them, and often in positive ways, but ways that can still be honest and reflective of who we truly are. And I appreciate that you've described talking as something that is casual, because I wholeheartedly agree with you that for most of us, it's not seen as this intense, passionate, or intimate thing. And it doesn't always have to be. There are certainly some listeners, I'm sure, who hear me right now and are recoiling at the thought of having more intense conversations. But I think that so often, especially in American culture, we veer so far in the other direction that vulnerability and intimacy, by which I mean emotional intimacy, are anathema, and we can't picture sharing in that way with other people. I remember when I first heard you use this phrase, knowing what I know about you, and feeling really beautiful things, that what you meant was, Kip, this person makes me excited to be understood, to communicate, to be myself openly and honestly with another person. And that's something I would hope we all find in our relationships with others. So, Kathleen, before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to think about after listening to our discussion? I hope that those who are listening not only try to locate that person who makes them excited to talk in their life, but also take a moment to discern how they can be that friend, how we can ask better questions, listen better, accept people better for who and what they are, and be more honest about the way we love people so that they feel confident in sharing more of themselves with us. And I hope that those listening reflect on the way that self-discovery is never an individualistic process, but necessitates others. How have others helped you to look at yourself better, to recognize parts of you that you didn't even know were there? And finally, how can we find a way to balance a disregard of self so that we don't dominate a conversation or space with somebody we care about, but at the same time identify with the self so that we can communicate with empathy and connection to realize the irreplaceability of both of us within this relationship, that we need each other, and to name that need and embrace it. And with the thought of embracing things, I would encourage the audience to follow the feeling of this topic, which I would say could broadly be described as love, and move in that direction. I'm sure to some people that might sound dramatic, but very practically speaking, move towards the people that make you feel excited to talk. And conversely, though we didn't really get into it in this conversation, if there are people or interactions that feel draining to you, and they're not necessary for your way of life, gradually and respectfully move away from them. And finally, if there are people you think you make excited to talk, embrace that. Feel proud of the fact that you're giving someone space, as Kathleen, you so articulately said, to be themselves and to converse with you. And on that note, as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Kathleen might know someone who makes her excited to talk, and we hope that's true for you as well. So if you have any thoughts, opinions, or feelings of any kind, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon. 
where in exchange for your support, you'll receive exclusive perks like bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark, signing off. And I'm Kathleen Duffy. Go in peace and conversation.